If you guys had a Dungeons and Dragons nickname, oh, what would it be? Do you be? have one? You first, right away. Go. Yeah, go ahead. I'd be called Gorglup. <laughs> <laughs> Gorglup. <laughs> All right, fuck you. Win. That was great. Gorglup. Gorglup. Well, someone's getting updated <laughs> in my phone. <laughs> Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about California Dreams. California Dreams went 78 episodes over 5 seasons on NBC. Today we're going to be talking about episode 1, The First Gig, originally airing September 12, 1992. So to get things started... I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Gordo, Berg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Yo. Oh, well, I guess I'll just become a terrorist. I knew that was a line <laughs> as, as soon as I heard it. <laughs> the second it happened, I was like, they know. They know right away. How's everyone doing this week? Not too chubby. Good, good. How about you, Jay? Uh, I sound like dog shit, so I apologize to anyone listening, but I'm um, trying to soldier on for the sake of everybody. It is allergy season for sure. I didn't think I had allergies. Uh, oh, so quit, quit your complaining. So this is going to be our biggest episode yet. Well, probably not, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, either I've developed allergies at age 36 or I'm sick. It's and possible. You can develop allergies at any point of your life. Occam's razor says you're sick. Everyone else says I have allergies, so I don't understand. Are I, any I, of those people doctors? No, I'm a Dr. J. Yeah. Dr. J? <laughs> On our show? <laughs> Special guest, everyone, Julius Irving is with us today. Big say, fan of you're California really slumming dreams. it with us, Dr. J. I appreciate it. Does he have a Heisman, too? Yes, he has the basketball Heisman. Okay, so it's him and him and OJ. And a quick reminder, everyone, S1E1pod.com is where you can go to find all the links to everywhere we can listen to us, but you probably already know where to listen to us if you're listening to me say this, but also all our social media is attached to that S1E1Pod. That's on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, basically, same username. Find us there. Give us a follow. Spread the word. Um, Joe, you selected this show. Why did you make us watch this? <laughs> uh- I would say one of the your the way you asked that question is the majority of the reason why I picked this show. I knew that I would put you all through 22 minutes of total misery, but I did love this show as a kid. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to go back and see it. I haven't seen it since I was. I mean, I don't know when did you say it ended. Uh, I think it ended in like '97. 97 i mean it was in syndication for a little while so i couldn't have seen an episode any more recently than 1998 so this seemed like one that would be an interesting way back machine this was a weird one for me because i definitely remember the show i didn't remember it at all i watched this episode and like nothing is what i remember but i think that's we can get into that later the show kind of restructures so like nothing from this was triggering any memories from me but i know i at least saw a handful of episodes back in the day any of you guys watched this in the early mid-90s? Nope. I don't even remember this show. I remember it existing, but it all blurs with uh, S-Club 7. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was a bit later, 7. though, right? That, that, that yeah. was probably a, a good decade after. Yeah, that was a while later. I will say, I know this was on after school, 
when we were in maybe middle school. Because that's when I remember seeing it the most. I know this was a Saturday morning show, but I don't really remember watching it on Saturday mornings. But I do remember watching it after school. I'm convinced if we watched this before Saved by the Bell, y'all would have greenlit Saved by the Bell. Um, not necessarily, but... That's a good point, actually. It depends on what your base... Well, we struggle with this all the time, right? I guess as we go along. It's always, what are we basing our green light or cancel on? Are we basing it on, like, just how we personally feel in the moment? Are we trying to get back into 1992? Are we trying to think of the demographic that they're aiming for? There's so many factors, and I think we probably do a poor job of inconsistently deciding what it is we want to rate on, because we're all kind of going by our gut instinct a lot. But, um, yeah, in any event, let's get right into this episode. So this is one where there's no like opening scene. It gets right into the intro of the show. I actually thought that I was watching the wrong episode because it cut to this awful fucking song <laughs> of like people going ooh like into the camera like they were in like a dream sequence in the 90s and I was like what the <laughs> fuck is I'm this? so happy I made all of you watch this show. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a point 4 seconds into that everybody thought the same thing was why Joe why like fuck <laughs> you because I had the same thought. I'm like here we go again like can I change the speed settings on this video and watch it faster somehow? Do you know this music video looks a lot like? I don't remember. Remember the music video for Wilson Phillips's "Hold On." No. Okay, yes, yeah, I know no, exactly I what you're talking about. This They're like looks hanging like, on the tree. Yeah, I feel like if they didn't get the same director from the Wilson Phillips video, they were very much trying to make it look like the Wilson Phillips video. This reminded me of that video that you would see for the uh, for like the meditation music on at like 3 a.m. Like, I forget what it was called, but it was like Ancestral Vibes CD. Oh, like, um, like, and it had Enya like, and stuff on it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say the Enya CD, but it wasn't just strictly Enya. No, man, uh, Enya didn't have surf dudes with attitude. That's true. <laughs> kind of groovy, laid back moves. So, uh, here, uh, so, all right, so, yes. So, basically, <laughs> the, Ferg noises. the intro is essentially a condensed version of this music video for a song of theirs, because the show focuses around a band, the California Dreams. Now, my thing is, and because there's no real proper place to bring this up, their music does not fit the style of what should be the music being played by a bunch of 16-year-old kids in, in like, the, the early 90s. No, not at all. No. And I think that's the thing that took me out of it the most. Like, we're going to play a song, and it's just... It's a song clearly written by, like, 50-year-old men. When they play their other song later, I by myself said, what year is this? Yeah, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Even here, like, Surf Dudes with Attitudes, kind of groovy. What? Yeah, that, it's like they like, should be playing it in the restaurant from Happy Days instead. They well, should be funny, playing so... it in the Max to the fucking pedophile magician. Okay. Oh, we will, okay. we will talk about the Max, because they have their own Max in this. I was yes. going to say, they got their own creepy pedophile in this. Okay, guys. guys. But- the guy who wrote all the music or most of the music for this is like, you know, a much older jazz musician. So it makes sense. But if you listen to the album, a bunch of the songs are actually written by E.G. Daly. And those songs uh, make a little more sense. E.G. Daly is um, Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. <laughs> she's uh, one of the voices in Rugrats. She's uh, in Valley Girl, which rules. One of the voices. She's Tommy Pickles. Yeah, she's t- I couldn't remember who it was that she did. But like those songs make more sense. Whoa, wait, hold on. It finally clicked that Dottie is Tommy Pickles. It's, but you it's didn't know. Never, <laughs> you didn't know that she never, didn't the I didn't remember it was Tommy, was, but there was never a two and two moment in my head about that ever until this very second. 
and it wasn't even two and two. You guys literally spelt it out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't did Rugrats come back recently? They're coming back. No, they're back. They've been back, back for about I think six months to a year, and it's real bad. I'm still trying to get my head around this Dottie thing. This <laughs> is crazy to me. Not a fan, Ferg, of the new Rugrats. If you ever bring anything back from the past and change one iota of anything, Ferg hates it. Not true. I love the new, the reboot of Ducktales. Loved it. It's hilarious. Didn't they change the theme song a little bit? It's more or less the same. It's just like girls singing it instead of like the thing and sped up a bit. But it's it's not like as egregious as the Saved by the Bell theme song they changed. What little Yachty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I understand because you couldn't have the Saved by the Bell theme song from then work for a show trying to pitch to twelve year olds now. But well, it was I think, pretty bad. I think maybe one day we'll do the reboot. Although it's weird because it's not like technically a separate. I don't know how to rate that, but it's it's different. We could do That's it. Soft reboot. The continuation. But that show doesn't know who they're aiming for, if no. it was supposed to be for kids or for people our age. But we will tackle that probably one day down the line. So, but to get into this intro, what did you guys think of this intro, the song? Gordo, you kind of already gave us your opinion. I mean, this song is objectively bad. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to defend everything about this band. This song is terrible. And I remembered so many of the words the second I heard it the first time. It's, it was really, really bad. And I That's think the thing I we had to watch it, it twice, everywhere. didn't we? What's up? Didn't we have to see this twice? Yes. We, we, you we see we a truncated were... version of the music video to open, yeah. and then the episode just wildly shifts and plays a full <laughs> music video, yeah. and then so cuts that, back. They Europed it. They Europed us. We will we'll tackle that in, towards the latter end of this episode. But yeah, um, and the music video itself is just basically them all hanging out on a beach, close up shots of them singing and playing instruments, and. A trampoline, because why not? Why not a trampoline? 90s. But we had a lot of fun on Ferg's trampoline in the 90s. <laughs> we did. Yes, only we did. one person broke a leg, so that's a good thing. I honestly don't know how it was only one. Well, that's like one of those things like later on, you find out how like dangerous they were. It's like, really? We were on it all the time. You know what was kind of like, I, I always wish I had was um the trampolines like you didn't have it, Ferg, but for safety's sake, they had those big round things around it, but it just looked like. Oh, like a net? You would play wrestling. Yeah, you would play wrestling on trampolines inherently, or at least we did. So essentially, they gave you a way to have cage matches, and right. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> well, I was thinking the other day, actually, about how before you got the trampoline, Ferg, we all still played wrestling, but we just did it on your back porch. Yeah, I mean, it was you. like a bunch of eight-year-olds trying to give each other suplexes onto wood. It was like, I don't know. Every time my knee hurts, I think that might be part of the reason. Y you mean every time you guys suplexed me? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Gordon, remember we used to have boiler room brawls? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. No, I have a vivid memory of going to give Joe a tornado DDT on the porch, trying to land on like a cushion, and he just missed the cushion and got a full DDT on the wooden porch. <laughs> but you missed the cushion. Joe didn't No, his head it. was supposed to hit the cushion. It just went to the left of it. We're really digging up more and more Joe head injuries to uh, piece <laughs> a lot of the story together. so much. <laughs> Don't wake me up if I'm dreaming. <laughs> All right, so um, so outside of this intro, we get to the actual opening scene, and Mr. Garrison, who's the father, it's the Garrison family is kind of what this is circled around, aka the biggest pushover you'll ever meet in your entire goddamn life. <laughs> in this scene, for sure, he's so he's sitting at the kitchen table, and kind of the running gag throughout the entire scene is every time another member of the family, like his wife and three kids, come. 
they'll steal the part of the newspaper he's reading. And then he has to grab like another piece of it. It was like George Jetson and his wallet. <laughs> it's like everything just yeah, kept getting yeah, taken yeah. from him. So like the mother's the first one to come and she takes like, you know, a chunk of the paper. There's really not much to that. So at that point, it's kind of normal, whatever. Then the daughter, Jenny, is the first of the three kids to enter. And she's the Daria of the group. Yeah. Well, because when, when she first shows up, like her parents are like, good morning. And she goes, oh, is it good? I hadn't noticed. It's like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> they just said good morning. Like this girl is like, I'm an angsty rocker chick. Cut to three hours is- later. Surf dudes with that. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Again, this is 50 year old men writing dialogue for kids. Yeah. Like how, how they think kids talk. Oh, the world is so shitty. <laughs> I love that her math on the world being so shitty, too, is just the most confusing like human equation where she's like people won't spend money and then her basically it ends with and then i am homeless because dad loses his job i was like how am i i'm not following this logic so so people save money therefore they won't go to college and then in turn because people won't go to college they'll lay off professors and which is what her father does and then she'll be homeless because her father will be out of work yeah and for the context of you guys listening this is an article she was reading in the paper and it led to that conversation yeah I, I don't understand how people saving money would result in less people going to college i don't <laughs> oh we have money saved now no need for school that's what you save money for yeah it, it made no sense it was just terrible writing yeah i did but and that's also to show that she's like oh we've got the angsty rock girl but it, it doesn't that never comes up again in the episode either there's like no really except for when she's like stay away from me sly she she's not angsty though she's just like i don't want to be hit on by you weirdo and um after her the youngest son enters dennis and he he again takes part of the newspaper it's the comics and this is when his dad's like hey i was reading that he let both girls do it his, his wife and daughter he didn't say anything and then but dad i thought you wanted me to take an interest in reading and then as joe said oh well i guess i'll just become a terrorist <laughs> crowd applauds <laughs> okay <laughs> I didn't know that not reading equated you to being a terrorist. Also, he's reading the comics. It's not like he's reading Forbes or something. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, I guess if I don't know what Doonesbury's up to today, I might as well go <laughs> blow up a car or something. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Marmaduke this morning? <laughs> <laughs> it's always Marmaduke. I think they wanted him to be like one of those standout kids, like the Michelle Tanners. Like, but we yeah. find out, I guess, like, it, there's not like, we're focusing on that episode one. I think after season one, they kind of got away from this family, which is weird because it was the whole focus of the show early on. At least the parents are recurring, though. They really like uh, Richie Cunningham's brother, the little kid. Like they come back to season two, and it's just he's gone. Chachi? No, Chachi's no. Uh, not related because he marries Joni. Richie has a brother in the first season. Oh, that's Chuck. right. Chuck Cunningham. Right. In one episode, he literally just goes upstairs and is like, see you for dinner, mom and dad, and then never comes back down the entirety of the series. <laughs> he always had a basketball. That was a thing. lot of shows do that, A lot, of, especially back then. And more often now, like we talked about a few times, where like a season, like one of the main characters has a baby, and then the next season, that kid is like seven, and they just never make a reference to it. That's always happened in television. They always do that. I think Fresh Prince is the only one who ever made jokes about that sort of stuff. Boy Meets World did. There was Ju- Judy Winslow, famously. They changed Morgan, and when she came down, they to make her older, and then they like made a joke about how different she looked or whatever. 
Okay, I don't remember that one. They used to do it on yeah, Fresh Prince with the, with the mom too. Jazz came in and was like, "You sure look different." When they replaced the uh, Aunt Viv. Yeah, I think there's one season where after the change, the next season when Jazz comes in, he's like, "Who's the mom this year?" And Will's like, "No, nah, same mom this season." And then they just go into the scene. So like, yeah, I do appreciate like at least acknowledging it. No, then Will was like, "Keep Aunt Viv's mo- name out your fucking mouth." <laughs> then Will Smith was like, "I'm gonna have a very promising career and then destroy it." <laughs> there will be the bounce back. The bounce back will happen. I don't know. I mean, Chris Rock are just going to set up a reunion on television for mega money. Yeah, they'll probably have some HBO special where they sit down and talk about it. But um, to move forward, so now Dad's on his what fourth piece of the newspaper. He's on to the classifieds now, and he's like, "Oh, all right. Well, I'll use this. Maybe I'll find discount tickets to the Grand Canyon. Is that something you find in the classifieds?" Yeah, classifieds are where you look for like jobs or you know, used gear and stuff like not discount tickets like for travel vouchers and stuff. That's not where that. Ah, no, 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 no. I used to no, 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 no. Cause you would always see, um, advertisings for like discount cruise ships and stuff like that. I don't think the cruise ship's going to make it to the grand Canyon. (laughs) I'm just saying that there was travel sections inside. They were budget travel. This all this all makes me just feel really sorry for the family. Like that's their big dream is to go to the fucking Grand Canyon. They really set dream. the bar really low. You can well, go to the Grand Canyon. This well, tra- I feel like it, I guess to get into it, like travel is different in our generation than it was before. Big family trips weren't as common. We're now like today's world. We're all, we're kind of a get up and go generation. We travel at leisure because we don't probably t- we don't like prioritize our money the same. Ours is more towards like living in the moment than long term. I mean, it's not like the taking the whole family to Disney. It's you just go to the Grand Canyon. The only thing they had to pay for was the plane. Have you guys ever gone to the Grand Canyon? I've never I haven't been. gone. I'd like to though. No, I don't give a shit, Nick. <laughs> nope. Maybe we should take an S one E one trip to the Grand Canyon and ride Burrows. Well, at least you didn't say a road trip this time. No. I would love to see the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Me too, there. yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to see it. I, I'm more excited at the idea of going to the Hey Dude Ranch. Well, I mean, that's a, that's like short, uh, short hop, skip, and a jump, right? I just want yeah. to go on those roads with one borrow no right away where there's no speed limit. Well, here's my... The thing with this, though, to touch on earlier, so, like, this is his big dream is to go to the Grand Canyon, and it is an obtainable thing. If he's wanted to do this for... He's a college professor. He's not broke. So... Just go, like go one summer. I know he also lives in a pretty large house in Southern California, which has never been a cheap place to live. So, I mean, they're not poor. Well, he lives in Southern California. Isn't that like a couple of hour car ride away? That's the thing too. I was also well, it's it's more than that, but it's it's doable in a day. Yeah, it's it's more for us being on the East Coast. It's a more involved trip than if you're living on the West Coast. So for them, it is it fairly doable. But essentially, that would be like if we were like, maybe I'll find discount tickets to Philadelphia. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like eight hours, but you could drive it with a few people in the car. It's not that long. If it's really like your big dream in life to go, yeah, you would probably find a way by now. Yeah, you just plan a road trip. But as as this episode or this scene continues, Matt, the oldest, I believe he's older than Jenny, but they're probably pretty close. The oldest of the three siblings, he enters uh defends his dad because he's getting sarcastic responses from the rest of the family about this desire for the trip and dad's like well at least one of my offspring believes in me and matt replies with yeah well i also believe doogie hauser is a real doctor and i'm like why did he say that like 
Jenny should have said that or something. Yes. You know, like if Jenny said that, well, he also thinks that, like, then it discredits him. Why would Matt say that about himself? Him saying it about himself contradicts the line. It's yeah. him saying, I know he's not a real doctor. <laughs> like this the writing is not good here, but it also just goes to show no, how not like, just here. The the writing is not good. Yeah, sorry. The writing is not great. <laughs> Uh, but also, like, it's the poor dad character, too, right? Where, like, even the one son where he's like, oh, finally, somebody's going to give me a break. Then he gets shit on by him, too. And then Matt tells Jenny that they should get the band together later and practice because he's written a new song. So this is the first we're kind of hearing about this band, which is the, you know, the focus of the show. But this is the first time story-wise we're finding out about the band. And Dennis says, yeah, I heard you working on it. And he starts, like, air guitaring and singing for, like, a second. And Matt just grabs a banana and shoves it, like, into his mouth. <laughs> yeah. You need more fruit in your diet. I was like, oh, my fuck. That was the point where I was like, I wonder if they're step-siblings. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought that was so bizarre. But he just goes for it. He, like, <laughs> he rams, like, half the banana down his throat. Oh, because he was singing about his new crush. He's like, yeah, I heard the song that you were you were singing, and it was like, ooh, Jenny, Jenny, or something like that. Probably, hopefully not Jenny, Jenny. There's already, there's one of those songs that already goes, oh, Jenny, Jenny, and it was very popular. And that's a sister. Well, you know what I mean? It was like, whatever her name is, like Kylie Morgan Ray or Jasper or whatever it was. But it does make way more sense if he shut her mouth up, shut his mouth up because he was singing a song called, oh, Jenny, Jenny about his sister that he did not want them to hear. I mean, to be fair, you'd probably want to shut up if that was, you know makes sense now it took them 28 years for them but now now somebody's finally blowing the uh the the casket off of this uh show and exposing the great writing the age-old expression blowing the casket off well it's better than chapping the wheat or whatever the hell you hold said. on <laughs> no separating the wheat from the chaff is an actual expression Gordo always calls out joe on terms that Gordo believes to be fake but then are proven to be real and then in this case, Gordo makes up a completely random term. <laughs> well, I hope that someday, 28 years from now, people will blow the casket off this podcast and be able to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> blow the casket off. <laughs> so um, from this point, uh, enters Sly, who's... Um, uh, awful. The family how, stone. Yeah, how do you... <laughs> how would you describe this character? He's like the... He's like the screech... If he wasn't awkward. No, he's, no, he's like smoother Screech. than that. Um, he's more like a sly, sly, I guess. But He looks like Screech. I got a very, like, Dustin Diamond look to him, like, with the polka dots and, like, the kind of... Um, it's, no, R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Ve- it's a cow yeah. vest. <laughs> he's wearing a cow vest. <laughs> yeah, it's a cow print vest, but, yeah, no respect to the late, great Dustin Diamond. I don't... He's much more handsome than Dustin Diamond. He, You know who he reminded me of was... Uh, um eric from boy meets world if he was just like douchier character wise yeah early character on, wise eric started douchey then he just got stupid i actually thought the main character the kid kind of looked like eric too actually i got eric on the mind i guess <laughs> but no i don't know he was like kind of a schemer um he's a little bit of a womanizer yeah california sc- uh, schemer <laughs> yes working out at shining time station at least he wasn't a Cleveland steamer. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Sly enters and he walks in and immediately starts hitting on Jenny, you know, like in front of her parents. In front of her parents, like <laughs> weirdly aggressively too. And your best friend, because like Matt's your best friend and you're just like, hey, Jenny, like want to go to the beach and hook up? 
And then, like, the parents, like, just smile at it. Like, oh, <laughs> oh sly. you, sly. Yeah, they just make jokes, like, I wish we could get him a new best friend. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Would you just fuck response? him already? Here's your orange juice, Sly. <laughs> well, with the way the dad is, if the dad walked in and Sly and her were going at it, he would just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll leave now. Like, he's <laughs> oh, not going to step in and be assertive. Yeah. <laughs> well, she uh, obviously turns him down and she kind of does like the lead him on and then shuts him down thing and then walks off and he moves on and goes to Matt. He's like, all right, let's let's head down to Sharky's because you know what they say. The early bird gets the babe. You know, another a real Gordo expression there. <laughs> everyone uses. Basically telling Matt, hey, since your sister won't fuck me, let's go find some other girls. Let's go to the beach bar and see if somebody will sleep with my weird sleazy. This is like, he's part of the contingent of like, and I think feel like most of us are pretty Italian on this, but like the weird like slime ball Italians in this episode. <laughs> it's like they go down to Sharky's and it's basically like, uh, you know, like a weird. Hey, get to work. Bobbity, <laughs> It's like uh, Daddy Aiello in Do the Right Thing is the pizza shop manager here. It's like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> Sharky's is basically, because that's the next scene is them actually going to Sharky's. It's like the max if it was on the beach. I was going to say, I I didn't know that it was, I didn't know it was on the beach. And all I could think of was this was Max. But why are there teenagers in bikinis? This is really. That's why I'm assuming it's on the beach. Uh, I just assume that it's on the beach because why would girls be eating in bikinis so that's the only way to make sense of it yeah it's either you're at a beach or you're a very failing restaurant on bar rescue because <laughs> that seems to be a big thing on that show john taffer comes up you need a magician you <laughs> <laughs> i know this guy named max he just got out of a 20-year bid in upstate they they so they head in and sly and matt are having a conversation and sly's asking matt if he could be the manager of the band which, from the sounds of it, is an ongoing conversation that they've had many times, and he's constantly told no. And Sly saying, who put the E in Bowie? A manager. Who put the U in U2? A manager. Who put the N in Guns N' Roses? I like the idea that Guns N' Roses was actually just called Guns Roses. In his <laughs> yeah. mentality, he's like, you know, guys, I don't think this is going to work. But, um, and Matt with the quick, who put the up in Shut Up? Sick burn. Ooh, yeah. went with, who put the bop in the bomb shabob? <laughs> <laughs> if he said who put the up and up yours, it would have been way better than who put the sh- up and shut up. Would have been way more 90s. Yeah. Up yours, man. We talk about this. I bring it up early when we rate these shows. We have to like get into certain mindsets. Saved by the Bell, which we've already referenced, is was obviously aimed towards very young kids. I don't feel like California Dreams was supposed to be aimed towards super young kids. It was supposed to be more aim, aimed towards, like, young teenagers. I mean, yeah, I would say, like, middle school age. And, like, for me, if I if I try to, like, think back as to what I liked the most about this show, I think it's because, like, you know, I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to be in a band. So, like, it, like, maybe hooked me a little bit. And that's maybe why I watched it more than you guys did. But I feel like there has to be something else to it because that can't be the entire fan base that hooks in for a four-season show. You know what I mean? Five season. Five season show. It's got five seasons. Well, I well again, we'll, we'll get into it towards the end. There's some footnotes when we finish, but... Unfortunately, not all of them are released on DVD, and the ones that are on DVD are now like $80 a piece, so... What? <laughs> I did some looking, but you can get a Best of California Dreams DVD for 10 bucks on Amazon, so I, I will be. <laughs> so, um, during this conversation, Tony enters. Tony is like another member of the band. Uh, we find out he's the drummer. 
and he also works at Sharky's. So he's talking to Sly and Matt for like maybe two seconds before getting distracted by this girl who walks by. And he he tells her what that he's going to have to place her on a citizen's arrest because her looks are killer. It's a pretty good pickup line. That'll work. That, that, that I'm sure that doesn't work. It worked with him. That girl was very into it. Yeah, she does. She didn't seem into it. Well, he's in a band. He later became famous for inventing the FBI mugs that say female <laughs> body inspector. <laughs> you know what, like, was really cringy about this to me is after the girl walked away, he just to himself goes, oh, I love being me. Yeah, I love being me. To, to yourself. You to be that. fair, though, that's the kind of mentality you have when you're, like, 16 that, like, I'm not trying to speak for anybody else here, but I don't think I've ever been like, I love me. I think I spent most of my days being like, why? <laughs> but everything, you know? And now this dude, Tony, he was in USA High, which we were just talking about the other day. He's one of the main people in USA High. And that makes me laugh because you watch a show like this and you're like, nobody is actually their age. Or like, you know, people always play so much younger. Or like, USA High was like five years after this show and he's still playing... Uh, a high schooler yeah the girl who plays uh the love interest who's coming up here in a second her first acting credit the year before this is in a playboy video <laughs> she's playing a girl who's having her sweet 16 in this a year later which i just think is the best casting ever i bet like before you know before imdb or whatever you go and advertise these things and you're just in some playboy video maybe not everybody knows about it you get cast right. in this you know and uh different audiences so and i'm sure that costs less than 80 dollars. so check for that on amazon i guess <laughs> so um yeah after that interaction tony rejoins the two and the topic of sly being their manager comes up again and tony's like man do the words not in this lifetime mean anything to you sylvester and sly's like the name sly never ever call me sylvester i was kind of thrown off too why is sly the shorthand for sylvester shouldn't it be sill well you can change, you change, and there's no Y in J, Jason, but we call him J. There's no K in Nicholas. <clears throat> you change it around sometimes for a nickname. Yeah, wouldn't you be Joss? It's a hardo. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing, like, if your name's Robert, it turns into Bobby somehow, so. <laughs> I mean, this, what about Richard this... or Dick? Yeah, Richard yeah. Dick, Robert Bob is interesting. Okay, names are weird, I guess. John and Jack, here. too. People, I, people named John are often called Jack. Yeah. My brother was named Jack. His real name was John. Because my dad was named John. But why is Jack the go-to? I don't understand that. Maybe you know, weird. John's too short. <laughs> I think his sly was already taken. Maybe. So of all the things to dissect, I guess this is one that we have to just accept as as it is. I guess when he's like sly is someone who's trying to reinvest, reinvent himself, that's probably why that bothers him. Because I would assume, if you call me Jason, I'm not like, it's Jay. Never call me Jason. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, I would never be upset if somebody called me by my full name. It's so rare, though, these days. Like... I've seen it happen multiple times, like <clears throat> on uh, like client facing or whatever. Like sometimes, like it'll be like a Benjamin, and I'll reply to an email with like you know, hey Ben, you know, blah blah, blah and he'll reply back like, oh thank you. By the way, it's Benjamin, and that's happened to me more than once. So I just go full first name now, unless you know yeah, I know I them for a fact. I'm like that's so fucking weird, especially like in an email. Like who gives a shit? I've had the same thing happen, so now I just go by whatever their name is in the email, and if their sign-off is different, then I know to go with that, right? Because yeah, it's right. Benjamin, and they're like, hey, thanks for chatting. Talk to you later, That's Ben. Smart. Then you know. Yeah. I don't like my people calling me by my first name. Really? Yeah. I don't like Michael. Like, in general, you don't like to be called Michael? No. Call me no. Dragon. So, no. like, what do people... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> out of curiosity though, like we all call you Gordo, but like if you're somewhere like work, do they Mike. call you Mike? Mike. All right, yeah, so that's Mike's what fine. I am in the directory. Okay. Um, at my work is Mike Gordon. I just don't like Michael because I I just um I'm in trouble if you say Michael come in here like I'm in trouble. I don't know. It's just I've never been called. The only person that's ever Michael! called me Michael is my mother and like my grandmother. Like, um, yeah. how does the other Michael in the group feel about this? Uh, he isn't called Michael either, so I think you know how he feels about <laughs> yeah. it. But do you have a disdain towards it if someone calls you Michael or Mike? Mike, people call you. All yeah, the are time. you Mike at work? I'm a little of everything. Uh, <laughs> it's how I know where I am by what people call me at <laughs> work. They just call me by my last name for the most part. Um. Like more new people that I know will call me Mike. You guys will call me Ferg. Uh, to your face, anyway. Depends wherever we are. Just don't call me late for dinner. Ah! <laughs> waka waka. I think, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but a kid we went to high school with when I worked at Staples when we were in high school came in and filled out an application. And you know, I'm looking it over. And uh, it was like, you know, what is your name? And then it was like, what do you like to be called? So in this situation, my name's Joseph. I like to be called Joe, right? Like, that's what it means. It's not like, what's your fucking Dungeons and Dragons name, buddy, or whatever. And he wrote down zero. (laughs) (laughs) So like, what's your name? Uh, You know, kid's name. Uh, What do you like to be called? Zero. And I just laughed so hard. (laughs) The boss was like, do you know that, dude? I was like, yeah, you don't. Don't hire zero. (laughs) We're not putting that on a name tag. (laughs) <laughs> didn't get the job if you guys had a dungeons and dragons nickname oh what would it do you be? have one you first right away go yeah go ahead i'd be called gorglup <laughs> <Gorg-lup. laughs> all right fuck you win that was great gorglup gorglup well someone's getting updated in my phone <laughs> i know he went from uh eric bush pig to gorglup Sounds like a Klingon word or something. Nah, You can see him in a in a panic trying to figure something out did, quickly. Did, did, did that? What's exactly it? He literally just made a noise. Corklop. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I went. So Joe. No what one's about gonna you? top that. So we're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. There's no on. point. Gorglop. Come on, that's not fair. It's not fair because you already knew he goes by Joe Glup and he stole his thunder. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just going to sound like I'm a follower. I don't want to yeah, be part of this. Yeah, it's not fair. Uh, <laughs> not to ge- continue with the tangents, and I'm sorry, but it, that, this remind saying that reminded me of something that we did years ago. We all went to, um, we would go to so one of the restaurants where you have to give your name, and then they call your name when your order's ready. So... When we were all younger, as we did at times, we would give fake names to because it'd be funny when they would yell out, like, sparkles, you know, whatever. So we were trying to think of, like, themes. We'd be like, oh, let's do the Ninja Turtles or things like that. And one of our friends didn't want to participate. So, w- so what we did was, like, the three or four of us all ahead of him in line all gave his name. <laughs> so that when he went up, he didn't want to give his own name because they were already annoyed by the first four people using that name. I didn't know if you were going to tell that story or the time that we all, we did a bunch of them, right? If there's four of us, you'd be Ninja Turtles or whatever. But one time we all went up and said whatever things and Jay said his name was Jer Majesty. And the girl at the register was just like, whatever. And then when it came to the like food runner, she like flipped the fuck out and was like, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. We knew exactly what was happening and who was the cause of it. Then we're just kind of like pushed back to the wall. It's like, the girl was so mad. She was not going to yell out your majesty at you in the Kelly's restaurant. <laughs> Joke's on you. You're the one that got cum in your food. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, so back to this. So now Tiffany enters. Tiffany is another member of the band. She's a blonde girl. She's wearing a wetsuit and holding a surfboard. Kelly Packard from Baywatch. Yeah, Kelly yeah. Packard from Baywatch. This was first, but actually, and I think she actually did more episodes of California Dreams. She's one of the only people that was in like the full run. Yeah, she did so, every every season. So she actually did more California Dreams than she did Baywatch, oddly enough. It's not odd for Baywatch. They had such a weird rotating cast aside from like uh, David Hasselhoff. They had a bit of a Menudo rule going on. And then there was Baywatch Nights, too. Oh, and he was a cop. Yeah, which is basically Knight Rider. I was going to say Knight Rider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minus Mr. Feeney as a car. You don't have to yell, Michael. I'm all around you. <laughs> Matt asked why she's inside and said the surf was looking pretty gnarly. Um, Matt, I, so... When you read up, you find out that his family is not from California. The father moved them in. But that's not addressed in this episode. Here, hearing what I thought was a California because kid. Because why would it be? <laughs> yeah. Hearing a California kid say gnarly and it come off that straight, I was like, why? <laughs> it didn't fit at all. I wish at some point they did inject it. Like, it could have been a line in the opener where they snuck in the, you know, you moved us here, dad, blah, blah, blah. But, um... Yeah, when he said it there, it just seemed so out of place. It's like, well, I really wanted that job at University of uh, University of Grand Canyon, but it didn't pan out, so I got stuck moving to Southern California. No shame to our listeners that study at the University of Grand Canyon. Home of the Stones. <laughs> I was trying to think of a catchphrase that they could use in their fight call. <laughs> Let's rock. <laughs> Let's rock. <laughs> but, um... So Tiffany says, you know, it is, but every time I, you know, get in line to catch a good wave, suddenly there's 20 guys around me. I don't get it. It's such a big ocean. Is she playing the dumb one? Does she, she's not aware that she's attractive and that's what's happening? Yeah, that's what they're going for yeah. here. I get Grand Canyon's uh, motto, by the way, nature's goatsy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fuck, I was trying so hard not to laugh at that one. <laughs> Not so much because that was funny, Gordo, but because I was totally shocked by what you said. Not shocked, but like I did not think that's where you would go. But it's like a <laughs> yeah, I understand no, we get it. We get it. <laughs> so now, um, after Tiffany, that also sounds like all... a brand of like really sawdusty uh, breakfast bars, <laughs> and now every time I'm in the grocery store, I'm not going to be able to handle it. How did it take you that long to come up with that? But you came up with gold glop in like a fraction of a second. <laughs> Got into his head on that last one. We forced you, him to think of it quick. You forced me. I had a second here to think of this one. That's why you got the gold on this one. You had more time to think of it. <laughs> the time really made the difference. Yeah. Listen, listen. It's hard. You keep up that wit. You can write the reboot of California Dreams, buddy. Ooh, can I write the music? No. Oh. Well, now I'm old enough. I'm old. It makes sense now. I should write the music. I am nowhere near relevant to what a teenager would think or say in music. You weren't when you were a teenager. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so another girl enters through the front door at this point. They're kind of like rapid pace giving you everybody right now. And this is uh, Randy Joe, who Matt apparently has a big crush on. Joe, you mentioned before, early acting credit for some weird Playboy video. But here plays a younger girl, uh, attractive blonde girl nonetheless. She's also the love interest in Airborne, a classic 90s movie. Ooh, great flick. One of Jack Black's finest moments. And Seth Green's. And Seth Green's. So Matt's telling them all that, you know, he wants to ask her out, but he kind of always gets nervous around her. 
and can't seem to talk. Tony goes to give him like advice until Mr. Sharky, the owner, walks over and questions why he isn't working right now. Um, you guys talked about him a little bit before. When he first popped up, I thought that was Artie Lang. <laughs> <laughs> he does have an Artie Lang in dirty work vibe to him right here. Yeah. Do you know who that is? He pops up in a lot of stuff that we've talked about before. Uh, enlighten me. He is, uh, we talked about the mask last episode. Uh, he is the guy who's like, bring out the loner in the mask. He's also, uh, the, you know, when Goodfellas, when they start killing off all the crew after the big heist, there's a guy who comes in and Robert De Niro yells at him because he bought a car and he's like, it's in my mother's name. That's him too. Oh, okay. I I know exactly who you mean. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So he's telling Tony, like, you know, get back to work. Tony gets back at him like, oh, I'm taking my California state law required break. He's like, well, here, I'm, I'm the law. But then he's like, you have two more minutes. So I'm sad it wasn't Sly who said that, because then he could have said, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Sly. Oh, shit, sorry. I wish it was that Sly. <laughs> he was slumming it and just did this pilot. He's playing a 17-year-old. He's got the, like, hello, hello, children. <laughs> fellow kids <laughs> when um tony rejoins the conversation everybody's kind of still talking to matt about oh just go up to her say something and then oddly enough while they're doing this randy joe is now heading over towards them and when she gets there she seeks out matt and says she heard that he was in a band and wants to hear them play so there's a little bit to dissect here so they've never spoke before because she's introducing herself to him. But early it sounded like whenever I'm near her, I can't get the words out. She probably goes to the same school as him. But they've never even spoke before. Like, it sounded like the way I perceived it earlier was anytime they did interact, he kept flubbing his words. But in reality, they never even got to that point. Or she's that airhead popular girl who's like in her own world and doesn't even remember those times because... He's so small to her. Maybe. Doesn't pay attention to the guy who's like the Bobo singer of the Gin Blossoms in the high school. He doesn't like need to pay attention to that dude. But also, she only knows he's in the band and doesn't recognize that the entire band is sitting there. Who they right. ostensibly also all go to high school with. Yeah. She walks away. She's like, hey, Matt, I heard you're in a band. It's like, uh, yes, here they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're all surrounding this, me right this now. This is the band. You, you are happen to be at the table of the entire band at one time. So I thought that part was a little weird. He sees her and then he California creams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, during, <laughs> during this conversation, Matt true to form can't seem to get any words out while he's trying to talk to her. But ultimately she is told where that they practice. They practice every day around two ish. And she finds out the address where to go. I think Sly gives him, the, the assist there and tells tells her where i thought earlier the sister the sister said she can't practice today she's going to buy boots Mm-hmm. yep more bad writing i didn't realize that that's a big plot hole weird a plot hole in this yeah. show <laughs> it's like they're right they were just like here everyone write a scene but no one checked the scene before or after they just everyone was told to submit like part of it maybe he called in a favor and tried to convince her to come Jen, especially you now. have to cancel your boot shopping well she was going boot shopping that morning this is 2 p.m when they're having the practice so maybe she was home by then already yeah but she couldn't practice that day because she had to boot shop but they he was asking to practice i think then like right then 
not for nothing, nobody's no band is practicing at 10 in the morning. No, no, I would never do that. I kind of feel like that's something like Billy Corgan probably made the Smashing Pumpkins do. I mean, I've been in bands for a long time, and I don't think I've ever practiced any time before noon. That seems unnecessary. No, no, never. It's not anything anyone in the band wants to do, and also, for the courtesy of your neighbors, you shouldn't be playing at, like, 9 a.m., you know? Unless you have, like, a practice spot, like, in a dedicated building. But even those have, like, hour restrictions. Yeah. My last practice space in the city had, like, weird restrictions because our corner of the building faced, like, uh, residential condos or whatever. Do you get a deal for being in that corner of the building? No, we just couldn't practice past midnight. (laughs) Or you turn into a gremlin? Basically. I mean, also, though, like, nobody's, you don't want to practice, the same way you don't want to practice at nine in the morning, you don't want to still be practicing at midnight either, right? Like, that's really throwing away a big chunk of your day. Anyways, with Jenny involved now, we cut to band practice, and everyone's getting ready, and that's right when Randy Joe's showing up. And it's the same day, so everyone's still wearing the same thing, except Matt, Who's now wearing, like, a sleeveless shirt and a sleeveless button-up over it? Yeah, he's got a hat on a hat. He's wearing double sleeveless. That's how you know he's a rocker. It reminded me of Triple H's leather jacket over the jean jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was... Nick, enough with the wrestling. Um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> but it's one of those... He's like, hold on, let me put on my cool rock star clothes. <laughs> Everyone else is wearing the exact same shit from earlier. Uh, sans Tiffany, who's no longer in a wetsuit, obviously. You guys don't have cool rock star clothes? I will when I'm a cool rock star. Joe, did you ever wear anything cool? No. Or do anything when you, like, you, would you do anything specific? Like Joe, have you, you, you ever done anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> also, no. Um, no, I mean, like, I was going to say, even some bands where I'd wear, like, a, a shirt and tie or whatever, but I would wear that regularly in the daytime, too, right? So, like, I don't know, yeah. I always just look the same, I guess. I've never been in a band that had stage clothes. You never wore, like, eyeliner or anything? No. When you're a glasses wearer, you really lose the ability to pull off makeup in a rock and roll band. It doesn't really work. I tried once. It did not look good on me. Are there photos? Yeah, can we see? Oh, God. We were at the county fair, and you got your face made to be (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. To be fair, I probably... To be fair, if I did do that again, I probably would paint my face, like, go to, like, one of those caricature... Make me look like Gorglop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want to see if you have a, a work in progress drawing. The lizard man. <laughs> I like the idea of um, we all go to like a uh, carnival and all the kids are getting their faces painted to be like tigers and stuff. And Gordo just wants to look like King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, that'd be a good one for you, Gordo, because he is the only like serious heavy metal dude with makeup who refuses to shave his facial hair. He's like, he's like a. Uh, what's his face? Caesar Romero was the Joker in the Batman in the 60s. He's like, yeah. put the makeup over the mustache. I don't give a shit. This is not my whole life. King Diamond always has like a beard and a mustache like sticking out of the makeup. I respect that. I do too. I also, when I saw them a couple years ago, he looks very good. Makeup is good for hiding rage because he's getting up there. And I mean, look at Kiss. I was going to say the yeah. same thing. <laughs> look at Ozzy. Well, Ozzy's not wearing makeup though. Yeah, he's just got some eyeliner on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, Kiss for sure. But um, so she walks in and she's talking to Matt, who's stumbling over his words as expected again. And Sly kind of takes over, showing her where to sit and, you know, says that they're taking applications for groupies. You can't say that. No, no, not at all. 
A groupie is somebody who inherently has sex with members of a band. Yeah. He is asking a teenage girl if she wants... And also, you're a real not great groupie. Like, you're on the low end of that uh, poll if you're the groupie who has sex with the manager. It's like uh, intro level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know there's plenty of stories in, like, you know, Motley Crue or whatever being like, you have to sleep with the sound guy first, right? Like, that sort of stuff. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, people 80s. did it. <laughs> yeah. Very different times. But yeah, the word groupie on a kid's show is kind of weird. Yeah. So they finally start playing. And how do we describe this song? It is bad. This one wasn't bad. I like this, this song. Was, I was waiting for the Osmonds to come out. Like This feels much more like an 80s pop rock song. Yeah, I thought this was like a new wavy song. Yeah, this definitely has like some, some airs in new wave. I, I actually liked this song. Yeah, I, I I kept when I heard this song, I went, "Why wasn't this the opener?" I just felt like again, this was not totally age appropriate for this band. It still was a little too old. Oh, for it's that. still ten years past what those kids would be listening to. But at least it's a rock and roll song. I don't know if I'd consider the theme song to be much of a rocker. You know? Yeah, they're just leaning on the like California surf life thing. Also, like that. did they only write a jingle? Because the song front to back was 40 seconds long, if not, not, not even. even. Yeah. Hey, we wrote this cool song. It's, it's 35 seconds long, but, you know, it'll do the trick. I mean, to be fair, I've been, <laughs> I've written my fair share of songs that are about that long. To Joe and Gordo, the ones who do play instruments on this panel, how would you gauge their fakey instrument playing? I will say they do a good job of cutting around the guitar and bass, but it's very hard to fake drums on camera. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, it, it's it's clearly fake. Like, you know, I mean, they, they at least put the hands where they needed to go. But other than that, you know. I always felt like it's easier to fake drum as long as you can keep beat. As long as, long as you're on the beat, you'll be okay. Yeah, but I feel like they always miss the, like, crash, right? Because it's like, dun, 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 right? So when, when you hear it and they're just going like this still, you're like, okay. I feel like that's super easy to fake, though. You do the wide shot, and then when you want to show them actually playing, there's got to be somebody in the cast that plays an instrument. You just zoom in just on the hands from one of them playing. Right. Yeah, I always think that you should just have... I do love the idea, though, that they fuck up and they get, like, some old, gnarly guy. Like, we're just using his hands. There's, like, hairy knuckles in a wedding ring. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) all right, sure. Why does it say born to fuck on the the knuckles? (laughs) It's like, I fuck groupies? Oh, I guess guess it makes sense now. So they complete the song, and the only other thing I want to say about the song actually was it is very clear, at least to me, that the actor who plays Matt is the person singing on the song. So I thought that was good, because you could tell there that it was the same voice. But, it, but I thought it wasn't. Yeah, is that a fact? I, I was almost positive, I, but uh, I could no, be wrong. I just read this on the... Um... I was going by the ear test. It, I thought the voice was a pretty close match, if not. Although most of the cast do their own singing, Jake's singing voice was provided by Zachary Throne and Mark's by Barry Coffing. Jake's later on. That's not yeah. Uh, yeah. this season. So, yeah, I guess Matt was his own voice. You guys all thought it wasn't his voice? I thought it was very clear as soon as he started singing. I didn't really care. I was just too into the song. <laughs> but, yeah, so when they do complete the song... This is when Randy offers them a gig playing on their parents' yacht club. So her parents own a yacht club, or they're just patrons of? I think they're just patrons of it, and they rented the hall. And it's her sweet 16, so she wants to have a band play. So Sly steps in, because they're excited, because they've never had a gig before, and says, well, they don't play for anything under 250. 
And they're all, you can see they're all like, wait a minute, because they think, you know, he's about to ruin it for them. But she's like, yeah, 250, that's fine. You know, I'll call you and then takes off. So they're all celebrating because they now have a gig for the first time. Jenny even kind of lets her guard down for a second because Sly picks her up and spins her around and she's okay with it for a second or so. And then um, kind of comes to her senses once she's like brought back on the on the ground. And also when I was watching this, I did do the math on it. Uh, $250 in 1992 is uh, $520.84. Not bad. That's probably combined what I've made playing music. Uh, I have in my notes, I've never played, I've probably played, I've played hundreds of shows. I've never been in a situation where the band made $500 for any show. Well, I was going to say to you guys, do you remember that feeling of when you had your first show coming up? And subsequently, the first time you had a paid show coming up, like where there are different feelings that went involved. Was it like a new sense of excitement the first time you got paid? I don't uh, think. I mean, no. like, yeah, you never. I mean, like being in a band at such a low level is so net negative. Like you're only really getting paid enough to like pay for the gas to get there. You know what I mean? Like it's never been like a huge amount. Of, we made like a few hundred dollars at certain shows before. And that is a good feeling because you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't. I was always more excited, like like a place like Charlie's in Boston, where it's like, "Hey, you get to drink all night for free or whatever." Like that was more enticing to me. Yeah, yeah. If you could cover my bar tab, that was great. Yeah, I would say that if you're getting paid, there's a difference though. They're getting paid like straight off the bat, which is like a little. They're hired like a. They're hired it's like, like a wedding a job. band. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like you know, I would play mostly like with friends or set up my own shows. And if I made money, great. If not, I didn't. And to go back a little bit, do you guys remember how you felt the first time you knew you had a show coming up in general? Terrified. Yeah. The first time is very, very scary. It becomes such a like second nature thing after a while. But the first few times, it's definitely pretty scary. It's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about it because uh, a buddy of mine gave me a guitar recently because I'd said I maybe wanted to try to learn. And then I realized, like, I a lot of my friends growing up were, you know, musically inclined. And I thought about the reason maybe I never thought to pick any of it up. And it's because I could never perform in front of people. There's no instance in which I would need... I would ever want to stand up in front of people and like play music. Like it would be way too terrifying for me. So I think at the end of the day, that's why I never really got into anything musical because that's the end game for music, right? You perform in front of people or you record it so other people can hear it. I don't want to do either of those things. It's terrifying. So I always just stayed away from doing it, period. I think when you're younger, maybe that's the mindset. But like, I don't know. I think now as you get older, you're like, oh, I could just learn to play guitar and play in my room for myself. And, and that's what I, where I'm at yeah. now, like, which is interesting to me. But back then, I think that's what contributed to it. That makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, like that. And everybody was starting bands, right? Everybody who could play was trying to start a band. Right. Joe, do you remember that one time our punk band played at a church and we got promptly kicked out of the talent show? Uh, yes, that was at a Catholic high school, I think, right? Yes. Yes, it was. And I think we started a mosh pit and the priest kicked us out yeah, after yeah. like That's, two songs. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. I remember there being a big brawl in the uh, street before that, too. I don't because I'm pretty sure we were drunk. Oh, yeah. Well, we were definitely drunk. Yeah. Usually, usually I was drunk in those days. So didn't you guys play at the CCD once like the drop in or the lock in one night? 
I remember there being yes, a drum set on stage at one point. I don't Maybe. know. Irrelevant to listeners, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Matt and Jenny now run into the kitchen to tell their mom, who is startled and drops all the plates she's randomly holding. And uh, they tell her about the gig and how they're actually being paid. And she's like, well, when is it? Well, it's this Friday. Enters dad. Hey, kids, I have some news. No getting out of it now. I finally bought tickets to see the Grand Canyon. We're flying out this Friday afternoon. And then everyone's like, Friday? And dad goes, yup. <laughs> like, wah, wah. But also, like, that's a huge decision to make for your whole family, your kids, your wife, everybody. Hey, I don't give a shit what you've got planned. This weekend, we're going. Like, if you plan a vacation, it's usually in advance a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the way it was structured is it was a little impulsive, and because they're always making fun of him every time he brings it up. So he's like, you know what? Finally, I'm going to just do this. So he went through the trouble and booked the, booked the trip. There's definitely a deleted scene of him outside of the travel agency in his car, basically being Cameron from Ferris Bueller, <laughs> being like, I'm going to do it, 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 I'm going to do it. Like, he finally broke that day. It was either buy those tickets or buy a gun, and this show was going to go in a way different direction. So from there, we get Matt and Jenny telling the band, and Tony asks, why can't you just tell him that you have plans, which is, you know, logical, and like, we can't, he'll get mad. What? Well, and that was the thing, like, the resolve ends up being different than they expected, but they were always so petrified to tell him because of how mad he would be. He has no spine. (laughs) Well, it's like, even regardless of how he responded later on, it was... If you said, hey, dad, we already have plans, he's not going to be, he might be angry at the situation, but I don't think he's going to start yelling at you for making plans when you had no reason to not make plans. (laughs) Not anymore, son. Now get in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I feel sad that we don't have a situation where we could have had like a split album between California Dreams and the uh, Country Comfort Band. Uh, In a dream world. I would take the Country Comfort Band. That is not fair. It's very fair. I would take Country Comfort Band over fucking California Dreams. I think you're being a little no. hard on California no. Dreams. No. no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Ferg here. They did that one shitty cover song together. That's all yeah, you have to go. They played just a terrible by. Everly Brothers cover. Well, the Everly Brothers are successful, unlike California Dreams. How many television shows has the Everly Brothers had? I'm not sure if they had any, Gordo. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that's the benchmark, but uh, again, (laughs) to those who want to go back uh, quite a while, uh, Country Comfort exists in our archives. Go back if you want to listen to that one. It's better than watching it. Yeah. I would rather watch it than California Oh, come on. Come the fuck on. I'm not coming on anything. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for that sound clip. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they say there's only one thing to do. Get mom to tell him. And then they do this weird, like, swipe effect with sound effects, like, Bleep! and there's, like, that star fade type thing. And now it's everyone in the kitchen huddled around her. And she's like, absolutely not. I'm not telling them. She tells them, you know, it's your party. You have to tell them. But when you do, make sure you're not anything, uh, make sure you're not around anything breakable. And I'm like, how dangerous is this guy? That- he is a, he is a frayed wire and he is about to snap. They are so petrified to tell him this. The kids, now mom's like, oop, don't say anything around anything breakable. This is definitely like a the stepfather situation. This is not his first family. There is a trail of bones behind this guy. That's why they had to move across country. 
Oh, I'm sure that his stepdad is leaving some bones behind, if you know what I mean, right? I'm not air high-fiving you. <laughs> uh, Dennis, How uh, did you the... meet your new wife? Well, she was stuck in a dryer. <laughs> and I said, how happen? would you like them bones? So uh, Dennis, the younger brother, asks Matt if he can have his guitar after dad kills him. And then starts running off yelling that they're doomed. Doomed. Just like the family in Toledo. Just like Dad's original family. I really want to um, write some fan fiction about the wake of bodies. It, I thought it was weird that this kid's just yelling doomed as he runs away. It just seemed a little little extreme and out of place, but... It's a Friday the 13th reference. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? The yelling doomed? You're doomed! Is that part one or part two? It's all of them. Always... <laughs> It's always a crazy but that, that crazy guy, I think it's part one or part two, he shows up in, right? It's driving me crazy. His name's not coming to me. <laughs> crazy Ralph? I'm not good with uh, Friday the 13th references pre-Hockey Mask. Yeah, it's definitely, it starts pre-Hockey Mask. It's one or two, I think. But Ferg is the rec- horror expert. Yeah, they go all the way up to Jason Takes Manhattan as the guy on the boat. The deckhand guy. This, this uh, cruise is doomed! And that that band... That they filmed the music video for in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan is probably better than California Dreams. I agree. But California yeah. Dreams are better than Country Comfort. No. Mm. <laughs> the band's continuing to brainstorm, and they say maybe Randy Joe can move the party to next week. Maybe she can just move her fucking birthday party. Yeah, Not how this a, works. They already booked a venue for it. And uh, like, yeah, yeah, call her. Matt says, you know, I'll ask her tomorrow when we have our date. So apparently he did muster up the energy to eventually ask her out. She probably asked him out after hearing. Judging by the way the conversations go, probably. She probably asked him to dinner. Yeah, I don't think he could formulate the words. Yeah. Yeah, she probably asked him out and he probably said, yep. And then I was kind of bummed because from there it just transitioned straight into the next day when he's coming home from the date. There's like nothing there. It was just a big jump ahead. Yeah, and everyone's like, did you ask her? It was like, oh, bummer. She said no. She wouldn't move her pre-scheduled birthday party. So our shithead band can play. He didn't even ask her because she was so beautiful. That was his thing. Oh, I never yeah, got was, around to ask her. She was too pretty to ask. Too, too pretty. But dude, she's a babe. I rented this Playboy video. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta see her. Turns out she's not 16. In all fantasy, he probably had his hand on a boob, and he's all he could think about. You know? Just one, hey, just one hand on the boob? <laughs> just a single hand on a single boob. Yeah, so it's California <laughs> dreams, all right? You know, <laughs> but it was um, this was Matt walking into his room the next day and both the siblings are there and then mom follows and they're all. Yeah, they're all just asking about the date and everything. And he doesn't want to talk about his love life. And then Dennis again starts yelling that he's doomed. <laughs> uh, I th- thought it was a weird callback for him to do that again because it wasn't it didn't really place there. But now. Dad walks in asking if they're excited about the Grand Canyon and tells him he even arranged for them to all ride to the bottom on Burroughs. Which this happens in an episode of Full House on Burroughs. And I forgot to look up what season it is to see if this was first. It probably was right around the same time because it's later Full House. Close, yeah, because this is early. This is 92, so they might have the edge on this one. Because I remember the joke is that the borough they give Joey is named Milton. Oh. Milton Burrow. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I yeah, get yeah. It. It's a good gag. So while dad's there, mom's like, hey, Matt and Jennifer need to tell you something, and then walks out. And I was like, well, that's pretty cold hearted. This is where you realize that this the dad is just Clark Griswold. If Clark Griswold like wasn't assertive and loved and 
the family would go along with his crazy plans. You know what I mean? He's just like, he has all these like wacky ideas. He wants to do this stuff for the family and everyone's like, no, I'm not doing this. It's not wacky. He just wants to take his family on a perfectly reasonable vacation to the Grand Canyon. He's not going to stop at a giant ball of twine. You think he's not going to go see the crazy mystery thing? Yeah, no, they're flying. I think it's... Hmm, That's a good point. You think they're not going to point out the ball of twine from the plane? I could see it from the play. They presented a weird problem for episode one, I think. It's just the, the conflict they created was strange. I just, I hate, it's such a sitcom trope, though, where instead of pulling the Band-Aid off right away, and I know you had to do this to make the plot happen, but they let it go on and go on. He's getting more and more excited, which makes makes it hurting him so much worse. Like yeah, because he's now planning more trips. He's, he's investing more money into the trip as it's going along. Yeah, in time, this isn't like, remember, it's 1992, right? It's not like 56K internet is like, you know, we're not, we're on the information superhighway times here. You weren't like looking up stuff. You were on the phone calling borrow companies and, you know, <laughs> river rafting companies. Is this borrow LLC? <laughs> Probably drove to a travel agent, but yeah. The thing is, I know the tickets are non-refundable because they talk about it later for the the plane, but you can't reschedule. I, I know... No, non-refundable is non-refundable. No, no but rescheduling is different. Some t- it depends on the place. I would assume usually you can reschedule. You just can't get your money back. Also, their big thing is they're just trying to get a later flight. Same day, yeah. Like, that's not a huge ask, you know what I mean? And is every plane from California to Arizona booked solid the whole day? You mean to tell me if you lived in Southern California, you wouldn't want to see nature's goatsy? Stop trying to make fetch happen. Also, what a lame party that they'd be out in time to take a plane to fly to Arizona. It's a sweet 16 at a yacht club with our family. It's not, they're not going to like a club. Yeah, they're not raging it. If this was like in our lives, there would be trays of cold cuts and like stuffed shells and it'd be over by 7 p.m. You know what I mean? Like it's. Well, this isn't our life. This is rich 16 year old in Southern California at a yacht club. That's true. But you you know that if they get it catered by um, uh, Sly and uh, what's his name, Tony or whatever, they'll definitely have the stuffed shells. Tony. To go back. So now we have Matt, Jenny, and the dad. The three of them are alone in Matt's room. And somehow Jenny finds a way to weasel herself out, basically immediately leaving just the two together. Saying that she had the mumps. Possibly has the mumps because her head is swelling. The mumps. Something that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the part of the joke. You say that. Maybe but they're anti-vaxxers. Like, but like, yeah, things keep popping up again now. Talk to Sewage like, Joe. People are going to get rickets, and uh, people are going to get uh, the consumption and all sorts of stuff now, because you know, not every kid I gotta gets... go, Dad. I'm on my period. Uh, cramps. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Joe, what's the consumption? Uh, tuberculosis. Oh. You know, consumption something. What's your function? Yeah, that's what the... <laughs> I love the idea that the schoolhouse rock wrote a song about tuberculosis. It's the only way to teach the kids. <laughs> I want to see that so badly now. But, uh, so Matt tells him about the gig, finally, and dad's really excited, and he's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, you were so excited about the Grand Canyon, and the gig is also for Friday night. So well, at, fir- at first he's like, oh, so now we both have great news. And yeah, that yeah. my heart. <laughs> like I did feel genuinely bad for the dad yeah. here. <laughs> because 
the dad does not get mad and murder someone as the rest of the family seems to think he would do. He actually gets pretty bummed out. He just left and went and killed the family dog. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he's shielding his sadness and he's just being really supportive and he's, you know, being understanding. Dad says it's his fault for not checking with the family first to make sure they didn't have plans for those days. To be fair, that is correct. Which is 100% correct. Is it though? He's the dad. They're just fucking kids. They're not, I know they're they not look I know they eight, look you know? older because that's just how casting works, but they're still kids living under his roof. There's and... also no mention of any jobs for those kids in this episode. Yeah. So they're going boot shopping. They got a whole band's worth of gear and he's like, "I want to buy a new amp." You know, it's not not inexpensive, a new amp. There <laughs> is a chance though that they do work. It just isn't touched on in this episode. That's true. They seem I don't to remember. have left a lot out. <laughs> so. Yeah. They but if they did work, work, he would know their schedule, at least. And if they're in high school, they probably would be working on a weekend. I think he knew he was being impulsive, and that's part of the problem. Then Matt tries to pivot and turns. He's like, no, you know what? It's our fault. And it's like, well, that's not really your fault. You booked a gig not knowing that your dad was going to run in with a trip. I'm going to say this. It's no one's fault. No, yeah, things happen. And he even tells his dad he wants him to get mad at him. Like, cause he, he doesn't want to see his dad sad about it. <laughs> He'd rather him be easier. mad at them. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's fine. You know, we just won't go. And he, he then congratulates him for the gig one last time before leaving. And the sad music starts to play. Him saying congrats on the gig as he leaves is by far the best moment of acting in the entire episode. It's just one line that you're actually like, oh, this guy's really got some chops here. I want to point out, though, that he bought five plane tickets for the, the family or is it six how many members five three, three kids three kids three kids all right so five they're getting paid 250 for this gig so he's just gonna eat eat that plane fare they're actually losing by them going to the gig and they also have to spend that entire 250 dollars on the plates they broke true true well mom broke the plates well they she said they have to pay for them no mom you're a clumsy bitch <laughs> Please, you have to pay for them if your stepfather finds out. <laughs> it's Toledo all over again. <laughs> I just spilled some water. Oh, no. Oh, no. I haven't thought of that so long. Get up, get up, get up. <laughs> oh, that's awful. So from there, we, we cut back to Sharky's. And the band can't believe it. Matt said he's going to cancel the gig. Jenny's defending it, saying, you know, they never saw their dad so upset before. And it was his dream to go to the Grand Canyon way before it was their dream to be a band. It's the fucking Grand Canyon. It's not like you're going to see, like, the Egyptian, like, That's pyramids. not the point. It doesn't, it's the fact that it's that level of importance to him. But also, you can make the same argument, Gordo. It's a 16-year-old girl's birthday party. It's not like they're like, guys, we're opening the whiskey tonight. It's like, it's okay. This is not the gig of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't drink when we were 16. It's all about how important it is to the person. You know, like, what my dream vacation is is not yours, and likewise to no, the rest of the No, but what Gordo's saying is it's not going anywhere. They're acting like this is their one shot. Like, did the dad die the next day? Like, no. Like, his deathbed? The dad doesn't die. It's all the people around him who die. Actually, speaking of that, what are your dream vacations? Japan. Okay, fair. And the only reason I haven't gone is my fear of flying, despite working at an airport. Mine is, mine is Australia, and I will never go because I will never take that long-ass flight. That's the like flight flying, is so long. I'm not doing that. I, I, I've come to terms with flying. I go on trips 
fairly frequently, but the idea of being on a plane for like 14, 17 hours, I can't. I just can't do it. That's not bad. My dream vacation. That is bad. Say Worcester? Yeah. Worcester? I was there. I hear it's magical. I was there a week ago. It was lovely. Joe? I've always wanted to go to, it's probably a tie between the UK and Scandinavia. All right, guys. Group trip to Epcot. We'll hit all of them in one (laughs) one stop. (laughs) And it's a road trip, right? It's a great idea. Yeah, get just get the motorized cart like I had to do last time we were at Disney. <laughs> yeah, but Joe, I, I've always wanted to go browse the UK. And... Bad ankle. I couldn't walk. <laughs> Nick, let's go. I'm down. I always wanted to go to like a nice little English countryside area. Yeah. And drink beer at one of those pubs. Yeah, like an old timey like neighborhood pub. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna get into the specific name of where I work at the airport, but I will tell you that they are flying to London in about a month out of Boston. That's good to know. Nice. Yeah. And that's probably the same distance from Boston to California, like five or six hours. It's just yeah, five and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. about that. When I worked for British Airways, it was about five and a half. No one asked me where I wanted to go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye, guys. Where do you want to go, Gordo? Well, thank you, Nick. I was thinking either Japan. It doesn't matter where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to San Francisco since it's the poo capital of the world? No. No. <laughs> your response it. there you made him really introspective on that one no i mean i'd want to go to either japan or italy yeah italy's high up there for yeah italy's too. pretty high up but like yeah. <clears throat> like the, the the instagram italy you know what i mean the one on the coast i don't know what oh, instagram exactly. italy <laughs> it's called instantly okay <laughs> <laughs> i like instagram italy more <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is with vacations, the, the tough part is you need longer than work genuinely, genuine, general, generally allows you to take off. Like you can't go do Italy in a week. Like it's just not possible, especially no, when you're considering true. you're, you're spending almost two full days traveling. That's the hard thing. You know, the travel, you got to spend, you know, two, three weeks in these places to like really enjoy them. And that's just not really feasible for most jobs. And you well, probably want to off at home too when you get back. It really depends on where you work, but yeah, I mean, some people can bank vacation time, use it all at once. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not completely uncommon, but it is tough to do. I think. Harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, Whenever we go over to Poland, it's usually a three-week endeavor because anything, like I've done, I think the shortest I've done is 10 days. And even then, that's like two, by the time you're getting used to it, you're already back on the plane home. And it's not, not good on your body when you get older. When I was younger, I, I could do it more. But I will say the planes came. at least are better than being in cars for a long period of time. Nah, no, not yeah, I can sleep on a plane. I can't sleep in a car. Yeah, yeah but you can get out I'm the of opposite. a car. I'm with you there. Yeah, the beauty of a car, though, is like, hey, pull over. Can we get a coffee? Can we walk around? I want a cigarette. Although the beauty of Europe is once you land, you can go into little smoking boots and you can smoke. Those still exist in the U.S. Them. some places, too. I think it's only Nashville that that exists. I feel like somewhere in Dallas makes sense, too. Atlanta has one. Hartfield Jackson Airport, my favorite airport. Is that because it's called Fartfield Jackson Airport? Yeah. What airport were we at when we went in the Smokers Lounge? That was Hartfield Jackson yep. in Atlanta. Okay. No, we were on our way home. We were in Nashville. I was gonna say, I think it's only that was, that was waiting to go home. Fairly certain, only Nashville has a smoking in all of the continent. In Atlanta, it was a smoking lounge. Like it was a, them, Gordo. It was like a <laughs> private. It was like a private smokers lounge that you could like pay for access to. Oh, like oh. like a captain's club scenario. Yeah. 
Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah, that was Nashville. I was thinking of. But moving on, because I'm sure people are super intrigued by our airport smoking talk. Let's get back into this wildly loved sitcom, California Dreams. It's got one fan. Yeah. Tony tells them they've been practicing for nearly two years every day, and they finally have a gig, and he cancels it. He's like, no, that's not happening. And Matt's like, well, what if it was your dad? And he's like, I'd tell that big, mean, gig-wrecking move this family out of the ghetto to have a better life popsicle head that I'm going to the Grand Canyon. And let's go back. Popsicle head? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. But they also just love shoving. Like, nobody has a backstory for the rest of the cast, but they give this dude, like, a huge exposition dump about his history. Just real quick. Yeah. Just honor your father. That's the theme of this show. I respect that as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking as a dad. So... Sly then says, what if he finds a way to transfer the tickets to a later flight so it's after the show? Then would they play? And they're like, yeah, of course. And then Sly says, in 12 years, have I ever let you down? And they give him, like, the look. He's like, well, I've never gotten you arrested. I like the idea that they're, like, 16. It's like, I never got you arrested when we were four. Yeah, I didn't get arrested for the first time (laughs) until I was 17. Like an adult. Yeah. You get PC'd a couple times, but, you know. That was after. Separate instance. Um, so now it cuts to later in a now empty Sharkies. I don't know how they had access to that, but um, Sly's talking to this Indian family and they're going to exchange the tickets. How did Sly find a random family of five with tickets to the later flight? Yeah, I don't really know. Manage your work, all right? Yeah, I think you're trusted to get the idea that he's just, uh, you know, he's good at his job. He's, he's like Red in Shawshank Redemption. He, he found a he found an Indian family that's just touring through America apparently because they're from India, and says, "Hey, would you be willing to switch to an earlier flight? Will you meet me at this beach restaurant so we can go over terms?" And you can meet Van Halen. Yes. Yeah, I mean you're leaving out the fact that they get to meet Van Halen. Well, as we find out, yes, that was the agreement. So he's like, "Okay, I'm not exchanging these tickets until you get what you promised." And it's like, "Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Van Halen." And I did think that there was going to be a cameo from Van Halen here, if we're being completely honest. I mean, this was hard times for Van Halen in 92, to be honest with you, but they were not this hard at times. Who was singing? Was Hagar? Hagar was singing still, right? That it wasn't was still the guy Hagar, from, yeah. We're it wasn't Extreme Guy Sharon. yet. Yeah. And then enters Matt and the rest of the band, only Matt has a wig on, which was enough to fool them because they're really excited. The, the son, actually, and the family's like, I saw you last week at the Gandhi Stadium in Calcutta. Uh, even from the back road, you guys are most awesome, dude. Was the Gandhi Stadium the best they could come up with? Yeah, I meant to look up if that if the Gandhi Stadium was a, a real place in Calcutta. I like, doubt it. Quick, think of but... something Indian. <laughs> like... I mean, this whole scene does feel very racist. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand the next line, because the two girls in the band are like having a sidebar, and one's like, can't believe they're buying this. And then the other is like, we're going to get arrested and deported. Deported to where? There is a Gandhi Stadium, by the way. It's oh. not in Calcutta, though. It's in Punjab. Yeah, Punjab. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Jalanda go to the Punjab, Punjab prison. I was going to say. What Home lazy writing. the Punjabi writing. prison match. <laughs> you got to fight the great Kali. <laughs> Van Halen is a fairly recognizable band. And they singularly are referring to Eddie Van Halen just as Van Halen, which is interesting. But, like, at no point were there two teenage girls in, like, in Van Halen, you know what I mean? Groupies. Ah, yes, I forgot the old, we can just say groupies on this kid show. No, I think they came out with their instruments in this case. 
but musical groupies. I really want to get back to this deported line. Where are they getting deported to? They're from America. They're in America. You cannot be deported. I don't know. Maybe they're Canadian? You don't get in trouble and they just send you to another country. No, that's not how that works. There's not like a one strike you're out rule. We don't want them anymore. Maybe because they're exchanging tickets. The tickets would say the Indian people's names and they'd get in trouble so they'd get sent to their homes. I'm pretty sure the customs agents would figure that one out. I don't think that's where they were thinking. So uh, they then ask Van Halen for a picture. And Sly grabs a uh, camera and starts taking photos of the band with this family. And Matt starts to feel bad for lying to them. And he says he can't do this. And he takes the wig off. And they're like, holy moly, Van Halen wears a wig. I did love this scene, too. And the dad's like, quick, let's get to snap pictures for the Inquirer. Motherfucker will lie to his dad for three days or two days, but he he can't last with this Indian family for five minutes. And also, they're not like pulling a crazy ruse on them because they're still exchanging tickets. They're getting an earlier flight. It's not like they're really trying to get money out of them or anything. Yeah, it's fairly harmless because during this excitement, um, Sly still finds a way to exchange the tickets with his family because they still think it's Van Halen. So they're fine with it. From there, we flash forward to the actual party itself. And it's Randy Joe's Sweet Sixteen. And they're finishing up with that same song that we heard them practicing earlier. And everyone's clapping. And they tell the audience that they're going to take a five. And during that break, Randy Joe walks up and says, you know, they've made the party and introduces them to her friend Dawn. Dawn has a sweet 16 coming up and she might want them to play as well. And apparently she's like super Californian. She wants this bodacious uh, shindig, as she says, and wants it on the beach. It's like a surfing, surfing sweet, sweet 16. 16. Yeah. Also, she has, like, Valley Girl... It's funny because I mentioned the movie Valley Girl earlier, but, like, I feel like the Valley Girl, like, uh, mannerisms and, like, that affect is not a thing by this point in time. Like, this feels very much like a trope of 10 years earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of that from Saved by the Bell, too, though. They did that Valley thing a lot. And Kimberly, the pink Power Ranger, was very Valley Girl. That's true, too. Same era. So, Tony kind of takes over from there and walks off with Darn. Matt and Jenny now spot their parents and Dennis. Uh, Dad says he was proud of them and can't believe that they got the tickets exchanged. Most kids wouldn't have gone through the trouble. And it's like, well, why didn't you go through the fucking trouble? (laughs) Why didn't you call and see if you could switch for a different flight? Why did this not (laughs) dawn on you? Will you stop picking on the poor dad? He's a serial killer. We've established this. He's so fucking useless. He's just like this. Stop picking on him. He's been through enough with his (laughs) shitty family stealing his newspaper. (laughs) Well, you know what he doesn't need to be at? A 16-year-old girl's party. They were not invited to this birthday party. The dad it's a is in club. It's a public yacht club. <laughs> no, it's not. If you rent out a venue, you can't just walk into someone else's private party. I mean, I have before, but you're not supposed to. And somebody would have noticed this guy. It was on the band's rider that family was allowed and some M&Ms had to be present. He's like, I'm the dad groupie. Hey. <laughs> He's just picking them up to take them to the airport. You know what would have made this show? All right. If I just got a final scene of the dad's face lighting up because he finally gets to see the Grand Canyon at the end. We don't even get that. The plane's going down. The plane's going to say that's the only way to end the show is if this fucking plane crashes into the Grand Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's like doing the thing where he backs up trying to get like a selfie and just tumbles over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Just cuts a surf dudes with that. (laughs) Well, so. Now let's get back to, into what was the heartwarming moment of the show where he's hugging his father and people start saying, hey, one more song. 
So the band gets up and the uh, Matt gets on the microphone and he says, well, you know, this is their last one. I wrote this one special for tonight. And as they start playing, it cuts to a music video of just an extended version of the intro song, which it was over two minutes long. Can I be brutally honest? This was, I saw that this was the theme song again, and I fast forwarded it to the end. Ditto. Did the same thing. Yep. There was another scene, and it was an extended version. It was two well, minutes no, long. No, I saw the end of the scene. I made sure I saw that the I was end of the scene, but With the no. video, though. I understand what they were doing, especially considering that later on they were going to put a record out, right? And MTV was not going to play this video. So they paid the money for it. They want to inject the music video, but I think it would have made more sense to put it on on like Saturday mornings, like a couple times for like a month or two leading up to the show versus just awkwardly having it go to a completely different pre-taped segment in the middle of a sitcom. That's very it was weird to cut away to play the video and then cut back. Well, what I assume is they probably recorded them doing the concert with the full song and the audience just didn't look into it. It didn't look natural, looked bad. So they were like, we got to do something because this looks terrible. And this wasn't any better, but it at least had the... It was too long, though. It was fine as an intro song. You didn't need the extended two and a half minute cut. No, I because I thought that the um, the credits w- were going to roll. And I was like, okay, well, that's the same as the intro. Uh, I guess I'm done. So did you fast forward to the point where you don't know that there was more after it? No, no, I knew that there was more after. Okay. I don't know if I believe you. I'm a little <laughs> offended too because that second song was a jam and they I, they played 20 seconds of You're it. You're giving the second song way too much credit. It's a good song. The second song wasn't bad. The actual rock song, it was better than yeah, the Yeah, but intro the first song, song is bad and we get that way too much. It was the fucking jingle. We got the jam like version. I didn't want to hear the jam version. Well, in any event, when this music video of sorts ends, it uh, cuts back to the party. So the song concludes with them finishing at the party again. And everyone cheers. Matt thanks them. And they step off the stage and Sly runs up and tells them that they're great and he's glad to be a part of it all, even if it's just as a friend. And Jenny says, Sly, we don't want you as a friend. He goes, what? Why not? And Matt says, because we want you as our friend and our manager. Aww. It would have been better if he made them choose between friendship and management. Yeah, you know, business and pleasure don't go along very well, Sly. Get the fuck out of here and get to your office. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how it ended. They, there was a, a little more dialogue, basically, that this is because of all he did for them, especially with the ticket exchange. And it's, there's, uh, what is it, Tony goes, don't screw it up, Sylvester. And he's like, you got it. <laughs> that's the, the actual That's conclusion. the actual end, yeah. You got it, man. Like, come on. He has a catchphrase that I can't remember that he says a bunch. Is it Gorgla? It's like, boom, <laughs> or something. I, I remember that vaguely, but I don't remember. I don't think he does it in this episode. Yeah, I thought um, it was the expected end, right? To have this whole thing where Sly gets to be the manager, had to be part of it, but... He doesn't deserve it. That's all I thought at the end. Is he didn't fucking do anything. He found a random Indian family that happened to be on the flight before that he needed a flight and after. And got them paid for that first gig. No, she came up to them. She came up to them. He brought up money. He said he, they yeah. don't play for less than 250 and she said, okay. So anything, maybe he should have said hey, they only go for 500 Maybe she was going to pay offer more money, and he said 250 He probably like, lost okay. him a lot of money. Yeah, she was going to be like $10,000. She's like, look, we're not going to pay you, but we're not going to turn in your serial killer dad either. We know what he's been doing all across this country. So, yeah, that's the conclusion of this episode here. 
Joe, are there more things about California Dreams you want to get into before we go on? Um, I guess we didn't talk about it. It comes up, but the the episodes, the the band changes a bunch of times. Uh, most notably, like you said, that guy Jake, who is like the leather jacket wearing guy, who's like the kind of heartthrob of the show later on, who I think dates every girl at one point too, which is a sort of weird circular thing. Yeah, there's nothing much more to add. I know you guys weren't going to like this, but I thought it was a fun thing to kind of go back and revisit because this is definitely like a pretty forgotten about show. Uh, that little <laughs> so I don't know how often you guys buy stuff from like eBay or Etsy or like smaller places. Too often. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you know when you buy something oh, from, from Amazon or whatever, you're not going to get like a note from anybody, right? It's just like here's your fucking shit, go away. The letter I got when I bought my copy of the California Dreams cassette was like, I might still have it. It was just like, thank you so, so much for this purchase. You have no idea how, how much you're helping me out right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if she's being held hostage or she just like couldn't stand that it was in her house all that time. But it was uh, interesting. You probably bought somebody a whole lot of meth. Well, I, at least $5.98 worth. That could be a lot or could be a little. I don't know the going rate. It could be in a relationship with the dad from California Dreams. So yeah, a couple things I want to bring up about the show is, and I touched on it earlier, the first season, and we only did episode one, was supposed to format more around the Garrison family, which this episode did do, which they completely pivot away from after the season and try to focus more on the band, and then they kind of inject more of them in school and stuff like that. And then not only that, but... Matt and Jenny, who were the two main people in the band and on the show, both leave within the first couple seasons. Well, Matt, I think season three and Jenny season two. Yeah, Jenny leaves in season two and they replace her. The keyboard player gets replaced like three different times. She leaves like in real life to go to school and study music in Rome. Turns out they all got deported. The actor who plays Matt actually left because of differences on where he wanted his character to go. It's like, dude. This show is not that serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is why you're leaving the show is you don't agree with the direction of your character. And like, no offense to that dude, but if you look up his like IMDb or whatever, he probably should have stayed on this show and yeah. Yeah. kept the paychecks coming and wrote it out. He doesn't even have a picture. If you Google the show and it shows all the actors, his picture is <laughs> yeah. just a question That's how mark. you know it, uh, it was downhill after that. And one other thing I had read on um, some of the trivia for the show, which I, I just found funny. That has nothing to do with episode one. But at the end of the season, all the cast and crew members received a rare special two-disc edition of all the songs performed in the series. Ooh. What kind of bullshit gift is that? You're giving everyone your merch, essentially. Well, if they sang on the songs, you'd want a copy of it. They should be given that anyways. That shouldn't be a No, I agree. That should have been... That should have been with like a nice fruit basket and a jacket that says the like logo of the show or whatever. Oh, we didn't talk about the logo of the show. The logo of the show and the band is the worst piece of 90s garbage ever. It's like if a rainbow threw up on a coexist bumper sticker. It is the weirdest looking logo. <laughs> it's the, the sun is um, the O in California. It's a bunch of kids making a logo. It looks like. Saturday mornings, though, it looks like like Stop an after these messages these will be people, right back. Ferg. Why are you defending them so much? It's it's so out of character for you. <laughs> well, I know how Ferg's voting. There's no foreboding. I'm canceling the shit out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, that would be the time to just get right into it then. So I'm gonna go in the order I see you guys in. You know what? I'm not. I'm gonna start with Ferg. Ferg, continue on. 
cancel um yeah this was terrible um i would rather watch all of country comfort again every day for the next year than watch another episode of this fucking show i have never <laughs> i've never been more mad watching one of these shows at joe than i have <laughs> this you all question why i always pick shows i know you'll all like why does he pick shows he knows we're all hate <laughs> god damn it joe at least save by the bell you know if you're gonna do this like a show like this, be over the top, you know. And I know they overdid it, but this was like if you took Say by the Bell and combined it with Seventh Heaven, like the, the closer the families, it's cringe thing after cringe thing after cringe thing, and then more terrible writing with plot holes that we pointed out. This is one of the easiest cancels I've ever had. Fuck you, Joe. Rotten hell. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I'm going to. I'm gonna make that my text tone. Um. There were points in watching this where, like, I genuinely, like, like, reconsidered doing this podcast. I was like, do I really need to spend any (laughs) of my, like, actual time watching a show like this? Like, this is, this seems like a waste of my life. Like, but I mean, at a certain point, like, I'm, I'm impressed with, like, Joe's ability to pick, uh, like, garbage (laughs) shows like this. Like, it's impressive. Like, one after another, after another, after another, like, it's. I don't know where he comes finds them, but I mean, I was mad at one point, and now I'm just like, wow, like good for you. Um, nauseatingly plain, boring. There's no substance to this show whatsoever. There's no character development at all. The story just like starts, and in the middle of it, you don't know where things come from. You don't know why they're there to begin with. They don't explain anything. The synopsis of the entire show, Ferg kind of touched on it. The synopsis of the entire show could be one episode of Saved by the Bell. There's nothing about the show that's interesting or unique um, at all. Uh, it I want to hunt Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I want to hunt this show. Like, this is the worst show we might have done. This might top Country Comfort or whatever my number one is. Yeah. I hated this show. I've never wanted 22 minutes back more. I, the, ugh, it, was, it was so fucking bad. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Gordo. Wow. Um, well, you know, you guys bring up some good points, but I greenlit the big show show and I canceled this after the first five seconds after hearing that shitty fucking theme song. (laughs) There was nothing good about this show. Like at, at points I was like, okay, it's not bad. And then it just went bad. Like it. It just wasn't good. And then they threw in a weird music video in the middle of it for not even the good song. Like, I didn't want to watch it in the beginning. I don't want to watch it again. I, I, I don't know. We've seen creepy pedophile magician owning restaurants before. We've, we've seen bands <laughs> that were, you know, better and sung, you know, leaded by American Idol contestants uh you know this just a- as we say in in Gordoland, this just you know doesn't spread my relish this is a cancel classic Gordoland. um joe the rants that all of you have gone on i think that's the longest any of you have waxed about a show we've done so far and at least Gordo had one good thing to say about it. At least he said that one of the songs was good, and it is. That song is a jam. I'll agree, I'll agree with that. I'll Thank agree you, with Gordo. That. Look, this isn't good. 
right? It's not supposed to be, it's not the level of, say, a Save by the Bell or something in nostalgia points, but I'm greenlighting this show. I want to know the adventures of the band. I want to know what Sly is going to get up to next week. This is a hard green light for me. And fuck all of you. That's a spike green light. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So a couple things. First, before I even get into it, if you guys hated the show this much, why don't you show this energy while we're talking about it? Talk about how much you hate the show. I, I knew Ferg hated it because Ferg never holds anything Because then you'll get mad at us for tipping our hat. No, I said a long time ago. If we're going, off, if we're going to peel it back. I said I, a long that's time why ago. I, I said three words this episode. I could not talk about this episode without just as being opposed mad. to when Nick loves the show and says four words. But you um, know, you know, no, you know my, the show was bad. Jay tipped his cap in the first minute, and Jay's yeah. the one who doesn't want us to say anything. Within seconds, he said, "I'll bet." Again, the show I don't was. know if you all missed the conversation. <laughs> we're letting the listener in. I've told everyone: be on if you don't like it. There's no, there's no need for us to be all neutral uh, half the episode. Might as well just be up front. If you hate something, just slam it. Because this would have been the shortest episode to date because we all would have went, cancel, see you later, No, I don't say next week. not give your final <laughs> answer on everything, but you, you can debate people. If you know Joe likes it, you don't. You can go back and forth about that. But anyways, uh, as far as my vote goes, I am with the rest of you guys as far as canceling, but I'm going to say this. I'm not with you guys on it being our worst show, not even by far our worst show. Country Comfort's way worse than this. It is not. By a mile, it's worse. By a, by mile. a mile. I'm with Jay 100%. Um, so here's my thing with it. I have to, again, think. This show is made 1992, geared to, towards a much younger audience. I think it still deserves a cancel, even with that in mind, but it makes it less obvious. I think it teetered a line. Because at the end of the day, it really did. It went 78 episodes, five seasons. It's a good run. So there was something there. Granted, they completely retooled the show after the first season. So that has a lot to do with it. So I would be interested to see like the first episode of season two or season three and see how different sh- the show becomes. But um, yeah, there was a lot of plot holes. I thought my biggest issue was the main conflict of the episode wasn't a big enough conflict. And it resolves very simple. Like, there wasn't this big effort to go through it. They switch the tickets. Dad's cool with it. They go later. There's not, like, a big buildup to anything. It gets fixed, and they move on. So there's not a lot to sink your teeth into there. I think this show here, and I don't know really what the retooling did for it because it's not firm enough in my memory bank, but there's enough meat on the bone concept-wise that this show could be great. But first off, have a band of teenagers in the 90s play music that sounds like it's from a bunch of teenagers in the 90s. Like, not yacht music for, like, 50-year-olds. That It doesn't make sense. That, I think, was a big miss on the show, is having the music not sync up with the band itself. Especially because the music doesn't... It's not... A, I don't know who the appeal's for, you know what I mean, at that point in time. Yeah, that was a big problem. Because, like, if you were going to try to market the show to be something bigger than it was... Like, Ferg, you mentioned S Club 7, and any other fake band that's made like the monkeys you know if, if you want to even together. go together yeah th- there's an audience designated for that style of music and this didn't match the audience they were trying to get so that was a big miss um but yeah at the end of the day i'm going to cancel it i thought it could have been a lot better there is a morbid curiosity i could see myself continuing to watch it that's right but it's more like for cringe factor and like I, I would enjoy it on that standpoint more than I'm like super invested and love the show. If it was watchable somewhere. It's watchable. I can watch it. I don't hate it as much as the rest no, of it. No, I mean like I if really you can don't. find it. 
oh yeah, I mean the internet. You, you have to rely on the internet for this. And that even then, the, the later seasons might be a little tougher to get your hands on. By the way, I just want to thank you guys for rearranging our recording schedule so I could cover this show, you know, with friends yeah. like you who needs enemies. <laughs> Ferg, Ferg tried to get out of this episode, and we uh, to peel it back again, we are recording on a different day than we normally do just so he could be part of this. I don't want to be the last man standing, Ferg. It's just you and me are the only ones who have done every episode so far. Commitment. But um, so at the end of the day, guys, sorry to California Dreams. Uh, only one out of five greenlit you. So you do not live on to see another day. Uh, and as some people on here might argue, unfortunately, in real life, you did live on to see another day. Many other days uh, where you went 78 episodes. But that's it. Um, once again, please go to S1E1Pod.com. Please subscribe to us on Instagram, Twitter, at S1E1Pod. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that. A review on Apple really does a lot for us. We would appreciate that, too. Stay engaged. Talk to us. Let us know what kind of shows you want to hear. Let us know what you like and don't like about the show. We definitely listen to it. We like to talk to you guys. So keep up with all that. We appreciate all of you who have been listening so far. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Van Halen. I think we got the best Gorok. <laughs> <laughs>